You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. The suspense gets me every single time, and then there's always (laughs) always some sort of technical difficulty. Yeah. Or we hit record and it's we've been leading up to it and then we have to allow permissions on the microphone again. (laughs) It's like going on one of those roller coaster rides where it's like it takes you up, 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 up in the air, like one of those big towers. And you're like at the top being like, when's the drop? And it'll like (laughs) fake you out with like a little teeny tiny drop, but you're still up there. And then all of a sudden it's. Yeah, that's how starting this podcast is every single week. (laughs) (laughs) Today's technical difficulty was we were early for once. Who are we? And we couldn't log in because of that. Oh my, I will say this has a distinctly different energy recording on the weekend on a Mm -hmm. Sunday versus even though I thought it was Saturday all day. (laughs) Yeah. Versus because we normally record Wednesday evenings. Yeah, but it's actually less busy here on the weekend than during the week yeah also there might be a couple on a first date like outside in the library and I'm really intrigued to see it looked like it was going well yeah okay on the note of meeting people Mm. Lisa how do you make friends as an adult Uh, okay this is something I wanted to draw the line with because when we did feral friends back in season one which I think was like episode three yeah or something I had so many people be like, man, like, I want feral friends. Like, I don't know how to make feral friends as an adult. And I was kind of like, shit, (laughs) like, I don't really know how either. And like, a lot of my feral friends are people who I've known for like 10 years, you know, some of them over 20 years now, which is insane. But like, I think I don't have a lot of like new friends as an adult. And that was one of the things I was talking about, actually, last episode, our season two premiere is how one of my goals is I want to get over this kind of weird anxiety and fear I have about like making connections as an adult because I feel like it doesn't need to be this hard right (laughs) yeah and I think so I'm approaching this from like a slightly different standpoint where I'm really good at making friends because I am the forever single friend. So Uh. I'm always looking for people to come be my buddy, Mm -hmm. especially after growing up twins. Like I was used to having a built-in buddy. I'm better at doing things alone now. But yeah, it is tough to meet new friends and then like form the habits of hanging out with them. Yes. Because it's so easy for me to just third wheel all my couple friends. Yes. The hilarious part is I have a lot of those friends, like my high school friends, for example, like Mm. I've known my friend longer than they've known their husband. Oh, my God. So I don't feel like I'm third wheeling in some of those cases. It's like the husbands are third wheeling. Oh, I I feel bad for John when like you hang out with us because I'm like, John is fully a third wheel, even (laughs) though he's known you his his entire (laughs) life and known me for ever a decade now yeah yeah I think one of the reasons why it's so hard making friends as an adult is because like we're all kind of out of practice with being vulnerable with each other like I feel like when you're a little kid it's so easy to like make friends with people especially because like you're in school together or you do a sport together and like those people see you on your good days on your bad days and like you kind of just naturally form kind of like an alliance, a kinship with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, 
as an adult, I feel like it's so easy to get kind of stuck in the cycle of shutting everybody out because you don't want to be seen as like an imperfect person. Yeah. And I also think there's a lot of pressure on the feminine energy in a in yeah. a relationship in a twosome to be the person that makes friends because one thing that oh. I notice as like the perpetually single friend mm-hmm. is a lot of my friends will if we're making plans I'll be like well are you bringing like your partner mm-hmm. should I bring like my husband like yeah. so then it's almost like there's like this secondary play date within the like bigger <laughs> group hangout the, um, the boyfriends are like friends in law thing. yeah like they aren't actual friends yeah yeah and they like hanging out with each other but they would never text each other mm. did you see okay a total dilly dally did you see there was like this thing going around on instagram where it was like yeah so my my girl and i like we broke up and her best friend and her boyfriend broke up but like I really like the friend's boyfriend and I still want to be his friend. So it was like this whole text to like this random guy being like, hey, like, I know we're just like homies in law, but I think we have something really special. (laughs) Like, I would like to keep seeing you. And I was like, dude, that is exactly the type of vulnerability it takes to make friends. Like, you kind of have to get over this fear of being the one to like say yes first or being the one to like buy in and speak up first. And like, I have a friend who's going through this right now who, you know, he just broke up with his girlfriend. He's living alone. And like, I think I was telling you about this on the car mm-hmm. ride too. Like he went to a wedding like this past weekend and it was like, you know, he was close enough obviously to get invited, but everybody he knew at the wedding was in the bridal party. So he was stuck at like the weird singles table and just like not a good vibe, like not feeling good. And he kind of like had a really tough week because of it. Like he was just so lonely. And unfortunately, like unless you aren't going out of your way to meet people, you're not going to meet anybody as an adult. You have to be the one to put yourself out there. Yeah. I've been a bridesmaid four times. Holy shit. (laughs) Which is a fun way to make new friends, honestly. Yeah. But I've also noticed that, like, wedding party dynamics can Mm. be so weird. Like, I've been lucky enough to have pretty good groups where Mm. there's enough of us to Mm -hmm. get things done. Mm -hmm. But I went to a wedding once Mm -hmm. where we had student taught together. Mm -hmm. And the bride had gotten really close to one of the other student teachers, but they had met when the bride was already engaged. Oh, So the friendship was, like, super strong, but Mm -hmm. not established enough. To, it, it wasn't, like, time-tested Yeah, yet. Nobody's, to, like, fucked up big yet. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, the bride had siblings and, like, childhood yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got invited to be the plus one for <laughs> the other student teacher because she knew the wedding party really well but oh. didn't know, like, the long-term friends and family because she just hadn't been around enough. Right. And for me, like, I'm coming in where I didn't really hang out with these these people outside of student teaching at school so yeah. we were seeing each other like every day and this was our longer student teaching semester too so it was right. like nine weeks of like in the trenches together <laughs> Ugh, yeah but being in that like outsider perspective mm. was so fascinating because <laughs> there were all these dynamics that I was navigating and I find like I am really good at trauma bonding with people oh yeah well how do you think we're friends yeah (laughs) (laughs) but 
But then at the same time, that's not how you get into a sustainable friendship. Yes, yes, 100%. How do you make friends as a grown-up if you don't trauma bond? Like... I think part of it is, like, repetition. So if you mm. can find, like, an activity or sign up for, like, some type of class yeah, where there's room for communication and, like, mm-hmm. passive interaction, mm. that's a good way. Actually, I was watching a movie last night. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember the name, but the meet-cute of this one couple in the story was that he got recommended to go to yoga because it would be good for him. Mm-hmm. And he, like, passed out in his first class in child's <laughs> pose. Oh, no. Um, and no one noticed because you can't see people's faces. Oh, And he was like, yeah, when I rolled over and looked at the yoga instructor that had, like, shaken me, shaken me awake, I knew that was it. Yeah. And so the person they were telling the story to was like, oh, and then, like, you asked her out? Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, I went to her class for a year and a half before she asked me out. Oh, my God. So sometimes you can take the passive approach, play the long game, and just put yourself in someone's proximity. Yeah. Um, I have noticed, though, like, making new friends, you almost have to like have the next hangout planned when you're hanging out. Yes. So if you're taking a friendship out of an activity space mm-hmm. and hanging out one-on-one or outside of a shared hobby, mm-hmm. you have to like plan it and then have at least your idea up in the air. So yeah. I notice sometimes I see my newer friends more than my older friends. Oh, because absolutely. with your older friends, you know each other's likes and dislikes. You can mm. see a random event, send it to them and be mm. like, oh, we'll go to this two months from now and like, Your friendship is just so established that you know you'll still be friends by then. Oh, and, like, I think about Emily, who is, like, my oldest friend. I have no doubt in my mind we're going to be friends for our entire Mm -hmm. lives. But, like, I see her once in a blue moon. But that's also because I don't need to – this is going to sound really weird, but I don't need to maintain that relationship. Mm -hmm. It's, like, friendships – Friendship is like a garden. Mm-hmm. It's like the flowers that are like perennials. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about gardening, so I should not be making this metaphor. But the ones that come af- come back year after year, you don't need to give them as much like, you know, love and tenderness as like the things that are freshly planted and still getting established in the garden. And like, I think like for me, I'm a friend collector. Like, once somebody is my friend, I really am intentional about spending time with them. And like you say, it's, uh, you get to know your friend's likes and dislikes. Like, remember when you invited me to that acro yoga class? (laughs) It was a disaster. Yeah. Partly because acro yoga and aerial yoga are two activities that sound very similar but are wildly different. So I thought we were going to aerial yoga. Like, that was in my head. I was like, we're going to be up on those motherfucking ribbons. Like, I'm going to be spinning around. And instead, it was, like, the first five seconds of class. Okay, straddle Kelly. (laughs) And I was, and I'm not a person who likes, like, I don't like touching unless it's from, like, a partner. Like, I'm, I'm not a toucher. So that was, and, like, I think right after, like, I was already on top of you. We were doing that exercise where it's, like, okay, climb. And you're, like, you should be the climber. Yeah, it's called body bouldering. It's where, like, (laughs) someone's, like, on your back in a piggyback and Mm -hmm. they have to, like, go a circle. Yeah, get their way around your body. So they're, like, (laughs) shifting to, like, front backpack mode and then getting all the way back to start. So it was, like, front backpack mode. And I think, Kelly, you saw how 
uncomfortable I was. And you're like, I just realized I never asked you for consent before yeah. I did this. And yeah. I was like, no, no, you didn't. Like, I turned to Lisa to, like, ask her, like, what she was comfortable with. And she had just already launched herself. I was like, okay. Well, because here's my thing. When I'm just making friends, my thing is, and this this probably is a habit that I should refine as well. My thing is that I never say no. Mm. Never. Like if somebody were, and we were still in the very early stages of like being friends, the podcast was still new and we were kind of in the mode of like, if, if this feels really good, we're going to keep on doing the podcast, but we were still very new. Mm-hmm. And like when my rule is, if it's a new friend who asks you to do something and it sounds like something that you would enjoy and feel good doing, don't say no to it. Like always give it a fair try. And like, again, I think we said this on another episode. I probably should have Googled what acro yoga was. Because <laughs> like, I got home and John was like, yeah, I, I knew that's what, I, like, it's not aerial yoga. Like, he fully knew what I was signing up for. He was like, I was really surprised you said yes to that. But he knows I have the never say no rule. And Whereas like, I use the fuck yes before yes. no rule. Yes, but even like the never say no rule, like when we did our Speak Now Taylor's version party, like that mm-hmm. was actually a really scary event for me so like for those of you who weren't following our like Instagram and uh, TikTok stories we had a whole like speak now Taylor's version well you had a whole little get together and you were gracious enough to invite me along to like listen to speak down Taylor's version with a bunch of your girlfriends who were also Taylor Swift fans and like some who had never met before <laughs> but yeah like I hadn't met I think I well I met Lauren because we went to the 2000s dance party with her mm-hmm. so I was like okay I kind of know Lauren but like how well do you get to know somebody in the middle of a bar basically and like I met Kristen at that other party that you had had but like John and I rolled in way too late and everybody was super tired and we were like okay not the night till I get to know each other but then Allie was going so it was like three people who I like didn't Mm -hmm. know super well and I was having so much anxiety about going there and I was like okay well worst case we're all gonna sit and listen to the album in silence and like that will be that and and that would have been fine too and it would have been fine but it ended up because I pushed myself to go because there was a moment where I was like I don't know if I want to go but I remembered you know I had said on the previous episode of Bab I was like nope I want to try to make like deeper friendships and like new friendships and get over this kind of weird fear I have right now over being vulnerable and I went it was so much fun. Like, we had such a good time. And I think it's, too, because we all had something in common. We mm-hmm. all liked Taylor Swift. So it was, like, there were a few times where it was, like, an awkward lull in the conversation or, like, things went weirdly quiet. And I was, like, okay, well, I can just start talking about Taylor Swift. Yeah. So I think that's also, like... Themed events are key. Yeah. It's, like, you know everybody there has something in common. Even, like, one of the most wonderful things for making friends is, like, having a dog. Like, no one told me this was a life hack. Having a pet and, like, going and doing things with that pet. Like, John and I have a bunch of friends in our neighborhood now who... Okay, they're all like, you know, 50 years old, like 60 years old, 40 years old. So definitely like out of our age bracket. But they're all people we know in the neighborhood because we've met through our dog. Like we have a little gang of people who every weekend we all meet up at the dog park together. And our dogs are all friends. We all hang out. And like you just have to get over that fear of when you see people in these situations. Like make small talk. If you're in an environment where it's appropriate to make small talk, small talk your fucking ass off. Like get comfortable doing that. And like... Yeah, you aren't going to become best friends immediately, but once you get, like, into that rhythm, doing the same thing, same time, making the same small talk, like, you develop relationships, you know? 
And I think that's what I've noticed is so different between friendships in the 20s versus like the 30s now for me. Yeah. Is that when you're younger, it's more important that personalities match up because yeah. especially like when you're in high school, like you have some limitations on like the amount of freedom you have to go do things. Yeah. So as long as you get along with someone well enough to go wander around the mall with them, like yeah. you're going to be fine. Yes. But then I feel like as adults, especially you get used to being in a routine, your life is a little bit more scheduled. Mm. You almost have to pay attention just to like as much to the interests as the actual personality. Yeah. Whereas, like, there's some people where I'm like, I love doing this activity with them, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure which other group setting we would (laughs) hang out in. Like, I just can't picture them. And then there's other people where you meet them somewhere, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I'm going to insert you anywhere. Mm -hmm. I have a habit of putting people together that don't know each other. So Molly and I have been doing this since high school, Mm -hmm. is that we were allowed to have a 17th birthday party, house party. It was no drinking. (laughs) But Aww. it was still lots of fun. <laughs> yeah. But we put together just this assortment of people that we liked mm-hmm. and didn't think about the cliques or the groups that were going on in the, the school. Like, obviously, if people had, like, a partner or a best friend mm-hmm. that they were kind of a package deal with, like, we tried to accommodate. Mm-hmm. But we actually had someone come up to us that was like, I actually hadn't seen this person since we had, like, a class together in grade seven. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that we got along so well. Oh, my God. So that was cool. And then we did the same thing the next year. We were allowed to drink because we were turning 18. Oh, la, la. Thank you, Alberta uh, drinking laws. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we had someone come up to us and was like, oh, my goodness. We didn't know this was a birthday party. We got invited by a friend of a friend. Yeah. And I looked at them and I was like, well, who drove you? And she went and grabbed her DD. And I was like, oh, we went to preschool together. Like, you're all fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't <laughs> worry. You know what you are? I heard a term for this today. It's called a friendship facilitator. Mm. And I think, like, when if you're having a hard time, like, doing the vulnerable thing of, like, going out there, doing things alone and making small talk with people to, like, make those connections yourself, you really only need to find like one friendship facilitator Mm -hmm. because there are people like you who you know aren't shy about inviting a whole mix of people and letting everybody stew together and like even look at the Taylor Swift party I met and like now consider three new people more than acquaintances for Mm -hmm. sure now like maybe not like full-on friends but the next time you have an event I'll be excited to see them yeah I'll be like shit now I get to like chat with Lauren again and oh I finally got to have a conversation with Kristen like I want to get to know her again and like I know you don't see Allie a ton but mm-hmm. next time I see Allie I'm gonna be like how how's life in the marketing world like I know something about her so it makes it easier the next time no. like we connect you know Allie and I joke about this all the time because mm-hmm. we both really value quality time yeah so our best hangouts is when one of us texts the other person is like hey I have to do a bunch of errands do you want to come with me I will get you Starbucks <laughs> yeah and those are like our best hangouts yeah well it's just the the hangouts where there's no pressure on anything Mm -hmm. but I think getting to the point where you feel comfortable asking somebody to hang out with you especially outside Mm -hmm. of the setting where you originally like met them like okay so for example my friend Adrian, who is Adrian Elkerton on Instagram, she was the one who shot our awesome season two promo photos, which I am literally so obsessed with. Hey, Adrian, she listens. 
I met her through work. And, mm-hmm. like, I knew, like, literally the second I saw her, she had, like, the coolest green hair and, like, was wearing, like, the funkiest clothes. And I was like, okay, hello, office cool girl. I want to be friends. Like, literally mm-hmm. from day one in the office, I wanted to be her friend. And, like, we, I, okay, I had the best office in that I was right across from the ladies' room. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I can always make small talk with whoever needed to pee. That was how I got next to no work done. It's an incredible life hack. But, yeah, every time Adrian. Location, location, location. It's all about location. But yeah, every time Adrienne went to the bathroom, she would, you know, see me because my door is open. So she said, hey. I said, hey, back. We'd have a little, like, small talk about her day. And she would go pee. Eventually, I would let her go pee. And then when she came back out, like, we would do, like, maybe another five more minutes of small talk. So it was a great way to have, like, this very casual, non-threatening, get-to-know-you thing. And the whole time, I was like, shit, how do I, like, transition this out of work? And I think the biggest kind of, I don't know, tip I have is when people, especially adult friends, reject your invitations to go out, you have to not take it personally. Because, Mm -hmm. like, as adults, like, we all know this, like, I have a lot more on my plate than I did when I was a teenager and had, like, Mm -hmm. this amazing social life. I was not running a house. I didn't have a partner. I didn't have, like, multiple pets to take care of. I didn't have parents who needed taken care of. Like, the average person has a lot more on their private workload than they did when they were younger so like the first few times like I think Adrian asked me to like maybe go thrifting or I was like we should try this coffee place or like you know it was very like non-committed like non-deliberate and it never really panned out but I didn't really let that stop me I was like you know I I will take this friendship out of the workplace I know she's genuinely like she likes me she talks to me for like 20 minutes a day at least like she could very easily just go to the bathroom and you know avoid eye contact and (laughs) leave so I just had to like not let the oh sorry I'm busy or like I can't I have to do this bother me and then finally I think it was like right before I left the job I was like you are coming to a house party at my house like I'm integrating you into the friend group Mm -hmm. and I think when I had her over at I don't know Super Bowl party or whatever I was like introducing her as my work friend but this was our first outside of work like real friend engagement and everybody loved that they were like oh my god like you're gonna love Lisa like everybody kind of talked me up and I think honestly if I hadn't stuck with trying to like just trying to find a day that worked we, we would not be friends now and she's such a dear friend to me I'm group. so happy it worked out. <laughs> yeah. But group hangs are the way to go. Yeah. Like, first of all, transitioning a work friend to a friend friend it's is an hard. art form. <sighs> Fighting for my life. <laughs> it's tough. And it feels awkward because, yeah. like, I am, and, like, this is this is maybe a controversial opinion, but, like, I would never date a coworker no, for never. a full-time permanent job. No, no. Like summer jobs where like you're mm. seasonal, it's part-time, <laughs> whatever. It's nobody's forever job, sure. Yeah. But one of the many jobs I've worked for cuz I feel like I can't <laughs> say which one. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen everything from like no dating allowed in company policies mm. to like no dating someone on your own team. So, oh, yeah. which I think probably makes sense for really big companies. Mm-hmm. Um which I just haven't really worked for. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there's probably lots of people that you never interact with, and mm-hmm. then there's no worry about a power imbalance. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. having worked at a school with four teachers... <laughs> Can you imagine if one of you, like, if a couple formed of that? It never would have happened because the only the only male teacher was, like, pretty much engaged the whole time. Right. 
but also like we were just in the trenches of that job so it was just mm-hmm. immediate sibling energy oh yeah <laughs> this is a dilly dally but I love it I feel like sibling energy happens at work mm. because the same way that you and your siblings kind of learn to manage your parents mm-hmm. um, is the same way that you and your coworkers learn to manage your boss. Absolutely. Like, okay, not a lot of people know this. I worked at the Lego store because I'm a huge, like, Lego nerd. And I wanted to get John a really expensive set for Christmas. So I was like, fuck, I'll work for the holidays at Lego. Like, whatever. And, like, I felt really weird because I, like, I was friends with the hiring manager Mm-hmm. And that was how I got the job. And, like, both of us were, like, 10 years older than, like, everybody else at this job. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to be that person who's, like, buddy-buddy with the manager. And, like, I was really nervous about having to try to make friends with people so much younger than me. I'm like, what do I have in common with these twerps? But some of my, like, best friends now are little, I think they're, like, mm, I think Tristan's, like, 21 now. <laughs> and, like, I think Liam's 20. I don't even know how old they are. But they're, like my little brothers like I would not have gotten through the bullshit of working a retail job as a grown adult without like having these little kids to like hang out with and like yeah very much so like sibling energy like just Mm -hmm. let's let's get through this together the cool thing about like work friends though is that it's the one environment that I think does a great job of putting people of like multiple generations together yeah because like work environments are always the places where I've had the widest range that being said Mm -hmm. like I do work for a tech startup so yeah like we don't really have anyone like older pushing retirement yeah but I think like that's that's kind of part of making friends as an adult like you kind of have to let go of this mindset that Every single person you have a connection with is going to be, frankly, from your generation. Mm-hmm. Like, as an adult, your your friend group is going to vastly widen. Like, a few years ago, so I got really into karaoke when I was in university. Like We should go. Oh, we should. I have a full set list, like, prepped right now. I'm, like, ready to go. Should we get recording. a karaoke machine for my basement? Oh, my God. We need to look up oh my God, how expensive should... those are. I have one actually in my parents' basement, but it runs on CDs. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, perfect. I will literally haul it out. It's I don't still there. sing anything current at karaoke. Oh, yeah, no, at least 10 years old. Don't talk to me if it's newer than that. But um, so I got really into karaoke in university, like to the point where... At Rosie's? Yeah. Oh, my God. How'd you know? Because <laughs> karaoke and bowling were the two events. Oh, that's fair. That one of my summer jobs, we tried to do group events. This is how I masterminded my way into a full-on friendship and became a bridesmaid for this friend. <laughs> and she and Shut I up. planned group events for all the... Because there were a lot of summer staff at this job that we worked at. Yeah. So we were like, oh, we got to find better ways to like integrate the seasonal mm-hmm. crew with the full-time crew. Yeah. And yeah, karaoke and bowling were the two events that people were most likely to show up to. Oh, my God. Okay. And I agree. Like, if somebody says karaoke, I'm fucking there. Like, Especially because you don't have to go up and sing. Yeah, No, you can just watch people. So, like, in university, like, I was always down for karaoke. But it is difficult to find people who are in it, too. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like a lot of people don't understand you don't need to sing. But I would even go, like, by myself or with my brother or, like, get my parents to drop me off. And I'd, like, sing a couple songs and then, like, Uber home, like... 
it was my thing. And I think it, part of it was, too, I just like performing. And I wasn't obviously needed an outlet, apparently. Um, but I actually befriended this vastly older gentleman there, this 80-year-old dude named Daryl. <laughs> and him and I would, like, you know, I just started chatting with him at the bar, like, after he would go up. And he had, like, one of the most lovely, like, he must have sung opera or something back in the day, like one of those really cool. beautiful, deep, like baritone voices. And like, I used to compliment him all the time, be like, you got to do something with this, like blah, blah, blah. We just started talking after like making small talk so many times to the point where like, I gave him my number, I had his, I would be like karaoke tonight <laughs> to this 80 year old dude. And like, everyone I know who I like told about it at the time was like, what the fuck, Lisa? Like, why are you friends with an 80-year-old? But I don't know. He was just, like, such a great dude. There was never anything weird. Sadly, he passed away, like, right before the COVID-19 pandemic, which it was, like, one of the biggest bummers. But, yeah, like, when you're an adult, like, that was one of the earliest lessons for me, that, like, it's actually, like, not super weird to have friends of all ages when you're growing up. Look at my job when I was working at um, the cosmetic dentistry place. Like, mm-hmm. my best friend at work was a, like, 45 or 50-year-old woman named Lisa, too. And, like, <laughs> we were, like, literally attached at the hip. Like, and I think about her almost every day still. Okay, while you were saying that, I was thinking back to what we were saying before, how Mm -hmm. there's almost, like, not a different level of investment, but a different type, like, level of frequency in Mm -hmm. hangouts with old versus new friends. Oh, yeah. So new friends are, like, karaoke is the equivalent. Yes. entertainment like mm-hmm. bright and bright shiny tunes yes yes <laughs> um whereas old friends are like the background music you put on when you study yeah everyone has that playlist mm-hmm. or that go-to like youtube artist mm-hmm. but yeah and i've noticed if i can't transition a friend from like that like rapid fire hangout early on to yeah. like a more like laid back sustainable laid back mm-hmm. pace that friendship probably isn't going to develop because for me that's a sign that like we just haven't hit depth yeah we might not yeah which is okay well and like my thing too is like you know I've struggled with like alcoholism Mm -hmm. in the past and like I think I'm literally just having like a aha Oprah Mm -hmm. moment right now where it's like oh that's why I'm having so much anxiety about making friends because you're right when you do make a new friend at first it is a lot of let's go out for drinks let's go to this bar let's go to this party and like I just can't be in that environment all the time and like recently Mm -hmm. yeah I did meet some new people but like I was just like I'm not down to go to the bar three days a week I can't afford it it's not good for me it doesn't make me feel good I cannot do that and they were unwilling like they like we didn't have enough to talk about yet where they would be okay having a fire in my backyard or like basically bonding in a way that didn't have any alcohol if you were also listener struggling with your alcohol use and making friends like that is very valid and you're going to find your people you just have to start doing activities to meet people that don't involve alcohol I only had one summer really where I was like a weekday drinker Mm. so it was the OJ's half price wine night where we went almost (laughs) every week yep and it got to the point where we were regulars we would see a lot of the same Mm. people and I was like I actually don't enjoy this type of environment where you just expect to see people yeah and you're just hanging out like kind of past like we had our like smaller group where we would like sit together at a table Mm -hmm. but then there was this like wider group of people where you just know that you're always going to run into them yes and I was like that's not that doesn't 
fulfill my need for quality time with people. Yeah. Partly because I can't hear very well when yeah. there's a lot of noise going on because I'm too busy eavesdropping on everything going around with me to focus on conversations. Girl, don't feel bad about the why night phase. There was a point in time, there was like one very, very defined year where John and I knew where the wine night was in the city every day of the week. And we would go to it. If we were free, we would go to wine night. We would do Tuesdays at Rebel. Um, obviously, Wine Wednesday at OJ's. Thursday was Sorrentino's. Friday, um, I think El Cortez had a deal on wine or sangria. And then, like, the weekend nights, we would go pretty much anywhere. There was a drink special. And, like, yeah. I don't think I've ever drank more and spent more money than in that phase of my life but yeah like you say the same people would come out and I was kind of like I can only hang the same group of like six people so much before it's kind of like okay we're rehashing the drama from high school for the 40th time (laughs) like yeah I don't have anything else to say here and I find for me like going out on a drinking night isn't building core memories usually uh no usually you've drank so much the memories can't even permeate your skull so yeah like most of my drinking friends from my youth unless Mm. we were friends before that environment yeah like we don't hang out right now we probably still follow each other on instagram forever with the occasional hard eyes Mm -hmm. to the story reply also like molly and i just didn't drink Mm -hmm. until later yeah so we hosted a sober birthday party but we actually went to house parties in high school and just like didn't drink for all of grade 11 really wow good for you my second time ever drinking was my grade 12 grad oh good job (laughs) but i think part of it was like the first ever house party we went to that had alcohol Mm. we get there and we had had something else going on around like dinner time so we went Mm -hmm. there a little later and someone was getting like violently ill no thanks and no one was sober enough to deal with it and we were like freshly certified lifeguards and we were like okay like we they had they had her laying on her back on a couch. Sorry, have you never done the D.A.R.E. program? You yeah. know, flip that motherfucker on the side. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, semi-prone position. So we, yeah, got her outside. And just, like, listening to the conversations that drunk people have. I know. I was like, this person doesn't remember this. Like, this mm. is not much impact. I, I mean, like, I do love a good, like, tipsy dilly-dally. Because oh, yeah. I feel sometimes, it like, people take that as the opportunity to say things. Mm-hmm. Because... If they get a different reaction than they anticipate or they feel silly for saying it, you get to blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. Not yourself. (laughs) Which I don't think is healthy, but I feel like for some people they need that as like, I always refer to alcohol as social lubricant. I was literally just going (laughs) to say it's social lubricant. Um, Whereas for me, I just, I used to get really embarrassed when I was younger, Mm -hmm. Um, but at this point in life, like... I'll tell you anything. Yeah, I'm like, what do you want to know? <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk yeah. all about me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think, like, part of the reason why I think I've been going through this really lonely phase is because the friends who I used to party with were my main group of friends. And now mm-hmm. that I've, I've kind of made the decision that I no longer want to be that person and I want to kind of grow past that, like... I'm not gonna lie, it was it was really difficult to kind of sever those friendships. But I was like, it's not worth like sacrificing my mental health mm-hmm. for a couple really stupid nights out with you guys. No. Like I'm sorry. And like they weren't willing to meet me halfway. Especially you know? because like the drinking friend group 
mm-hmm. is amazing at consistency. Someone yeah. is always going out. Someone's always going out. But at the end of the day, it's like a friendship should not require you to sacrifice like key mm-hmm. parts of yourself. And like I was met with so much resistance resistance when like and I'm not even sober. Like I still have like a drink on the weekend or like when we had uh, the Speak Now listening party. I had a little bit of wine in my sparkly purple beverage and like I wasn't getting drunk. I was celebrating. I was celebrating Miss Taylor Swift as we all should. But like, yeah, I was like, I'm not even sober and you guys can't just like meet me halfway on this. And like boundaries should always matter in a friendship. It doesn't matter if you're a kid or if you're a grown ass adult, like your boundaries should always be present and considered by the people that you call friends. And if they don't, consider your boundaries and honor them that's it it's not did I ever tell you about my really weird co-worker my weird younger co-worker no so I'm not gonna say what job this was at I was gonna ask you that so fair <laughs> no I'm not gonna Valid. say what job this is at it was not the lego people I just mentioned obviously okay. but when I was 25 or like I guess right before I turned 25 I was working at this job and uh like most of the people in the workplace were like mid 20s ish. And there was like one little like 22 year old dude who just like immediately him and I like connected on like everything just like right away. I kind of like I felt bad because he was like the youngest person there. And I was like, I've, I'm the youngest in my family, like out of all my like 40 cousins, I am the youngest. So and youngest by quite a bit. So I know what that's like to be like, not getting the references of the people around you and like not really feeling included and like everybody goes out for drinks and you're like fuck my my mom has to drive me like you know like (laughs) that whole thing so I was like I kind of felt bad and I was like you know what I'm gonna be like your older sister in the situation so like when we would go out for drinks after work I'd always be like yes like I will give you a ride like I would sometimes give him a ride like home from work because literally his mother was still like dropping him off and like just generally Generally, I was like, I'm going to be your buddy. Like, we had a lot of, like, the same music tastes. He was also, like, just getting into yoga. And I was like, awesome. I like doing yoga, too. Like, we just had, like, a lot of things in common. And obviously, like, everyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm dating John. I am very open about it. It's all over the place. And, like, one of my kind of litmus tests for making new friends is dropping in the boyfriend bomb very Mm -hmm. early on. And especially with like as a bisexual person like that's kind of like my read of are you are you just here to sleep with me or like are you actually interested in mm-hmm. being my friend and the people who are like oh awesome tell me more about your boyfriend they're like in it for the right reasons but when i dropped the boyfriend bomb with this kid immediately it was just like oh you have a boyfriend what's his name? What does he do for a living? Like, how long have you guys been? Like, it was just like a bunch of really weird energy questions like that. Did you shut it down by being like, yeah, we were high school sweethearts? Yeah, (laughs) I like told him the whole spiel. I was like, yeah, like my whole long like story together. And like, immediately, I could just tell it was a bit of a problem. But Mm. then at work the next day, he was like acting totally fine. But like, slowly, the behavior started getting like, just more and more possessive let's say like he started 
first it was really like, well, I want to meet John. Like, I want to make sure he's like good enough for you. And I was like, I'm 25 years old. Like, I can figure out what's good for me. Like, fuck off. But like, I had a bunch of people over from work and I was like, oh, like, come on in, like meet John. Like, we'll have a little like work drinks thing at my house. And like, I remember he was being really weird, like wanting to sit next to me, like in my own home with John present, like very much so like sitting on the couch next to me, he was doing that thing where he like leaned back on the couch and I was sitting next to him and he had his arm on the back of my part of the couch. So like if I leant back at all, it would look like he had his arm around me. And like, I remember when he left, John was like, I'm going to let you do your own thing, but I did not get a good read off that guy. Like it was just really weird behavior. And like he started wanting to go for like just drives together like when I would like drop him off after work he'd be like oh this song is really good like can we go around the block a little bit and I was just like why do you want to spend more and more time with me like it was just getting weird and possessive and finally one day um it was John and my anniversary and like I have been talking about all week I was like we're gonna go do this and that that like we have a big date tonight like this is what I'm wearing blah 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 he like staged well I don't know if he staged I shouldn't say that but he like called me freaking out around the time when like he knew John and I would be going out for dinner and he was like I'm having like a huge mental health crisis I think I'm gonna get fired like our manager said this like blah 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 like freaking out I need you and he was like just like really intense and I like basically was like, listen, like, you need to calm down. Like, do you need me to, like, call somebody for you? Because, like, I'm I'm not going to go over <laughs> to your house. I was like, is your mom home? Like, what are we doing here? It was just super weird. And then throughout the whole dinner, he obsessively, like, texted, called, like, just wouldn't leave me alone to the point where John, like, and you know, John, very level-headed. It takes a lot to piss him off, but he was kind of like, you need to turn off your phone. Like this feels weird. Like this feels like somebody trying to get you there. And like, I wish I could say I had like a big confrontation with this person, but like shortly after this, I ended up like leaving that job and like quitting. And I remember when I like shared with the team, like, Hey, like, I'm going to move on, do something else. He took it like very, very personally. And like, he was like, you're going to leave me now, like in my time of need. And I was just like, we are not dating. Like, I don't understand the connection. So (laughs) and I think like mental health is so important and like deserves to be addressed with like absolutely so much concern. But at the same time, I think it's very healthy to set a boundary with a friend and be like, hey, like, I don't have capacity to deal with this for you, Yeah, but I can help set up this, like, other resource, whether it's, like, calling one of their family members or, like, calling an ambulance to their house, yeah. whatever they need in that moment. Well, John was a par- John is a paramedic, and he mm-hmm. was like, I have access to all these resources, like, we can do this. He's like, do, do his parents know that, mm-hmm. like, this is going on? And, like, the thing that kind of was weird is it was like, no, I need you to come over. I don't want these other resources. I don't want to tell my mom that I'm in her basement crying and whatever to yeah, myself. Yeah, in crisis. Yeah, in crisis. And, like, that was the thing where if it, it, it had been, like, this person was, like, yes, like, please help me, absolutely, I would have. Mm-hmm. But it, it literally just felt like a coworker trying to cross the line it felt into it, something. It, it manipulated. It felt invasive and manipulative. And, like, like we were saying in the Feral Friends episode, like, you have to respect that your friends are adults 
and like have their own sets of responsibilities and have their own lives. Like it's unreasonable to expect your friends to drop everything to cater to your every need. And mm-hmm. like, yes, like you said, mental health is something I take very seriously. I think it's something we all take very seriously. But there's a difference between using whatever your mental health situation in in that moment to legitimately like reach out for help versus mm-hmm. like deliberately like kind of it felt like he was trying to steal me away from John. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely, it definitely was. Like yeah. Especially cuz like I've had I had an experience where someone was in crisis mm. and they actually set up a group chat of like trusted people. Yeah. And then they left it. So when they were kind of, like, going through the worst of it, we had access to these other people. Mm -hmm. So we could check in with each other and be like, hey, who's heard from this person last? Like, what, how were they doing? And Mm -hmm. we kind of had, like, defined roles. Like, depending Mm -hmm. on, like, the day and how Mm -hmm. things were going, different people were just received better. Yeah. But we, when that person was doing well they were still talking about their mental health. Mm -hmm. So on good days, they were willing to debrief. They were helping come up with a plan. And they were, did a phenomenal job of like saying like, these are the boundaries. Like Mm. these are things that like you can ignore, but these are things where like, if you can just work with it, even when things are like going really shitty, like that is such a big help. Or even afterwards, they had the ability to be like, hey, like, even though I was yelling at you Mm -hmm. because you were trying to do this, like, in the moment, that was what I needed. So they had that self-awareness and ability to reflect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a sign of, like, a really, like, mature friendship with healthy boundaries. Yeah. When someone can tell you what they need and also know that you're going to be there for them. Like, even if they're just kind of, like, a little bit sad on a day and they're like, hey, I want someone to come watch this movie with me on the couch. Yeah. Like, they don't have to be in crisis to get that support. Yeah. I I just think, like, it's so important as an adult. Like, I think we all really fall victim to, like, the loneliness trap and the this is how my life is going to be forever trap. And I think sometimes because we're in that not so great place, we welcome people into our lives who, frankly, aren't ready to be there yet. Like, they Mm -hmm. still need some, like, emotional maturity, emotional growth. So, like, my thing is now, after having gone through that experience, like, despite how weird that was, I was like, I still, like, did everything I could to be a good friend. Like, I know I was a good friend in that situation. I just wasn't, I couldn't be what he wanted me to be. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's okay. You can't be everything for everyone. No, you can't. You absolutely can't. So I think it's just important to, for everybody listening, like, remind yourself that, like, you have value, too. And the people who are supposed to be in your life are going to recognize that. They are going to cherish that. And they are going to treat you in a way that, like, won't jeopardize your boundaries. They're going to want to prioritize you in in their life. And, yeah, like, you just (laughs) don't settle for duds (laughs) yeah and I think just like communicating about your capacity and availability is really tough to share that vulnerability yes it is but it's so important and sometimes just sending that proactive message like I have a friend who's amazing at this Hmm. she'll be like group chats are really not good for my mental health right now yeah so she was like I could check in once a month 
and mm. catch up to like a hundred plus messages. Jesus. And we were like, absolutely not. We will just give you a TLDR or we will yeah. individually text you the milestones as they happen. Yeah. Like someone like selecting their outfit for a date, like is fun. But if like that pileup of messages is stressful, like Oh yeah. That's that's fine. Like you don't need to catch up on all of that. Mm-hmm. But then just figuring out like what frequency was going to work with them. Mm-hmm. But again, it came back to that person having the self-awareness to be like, hey, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. This is what I can contribute. It's not that I don't want to be there for all the little moments. But mm-hmm. right now, like, I just need to focus on a few bigger things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think learning learning to communicate is the foundation of adult friendships yeah. and learning to say, like, okay, my plate is full. Yeah, and yeah. communicating about communication. Yes. Well, even we had a really good talk on the car ride over um, because I, I've been in a real rhythm with, like, podcast stuff, and I've been, like, getting this done. I finally figured out a way for us to sell merch without losing money, <laughs> which is great. Like, I understand when I'm really into something, the ADHD in me, I hyper-focus, and I almost get a little manic about it. Like, I get so excited, I get manic. And I was trying to figure out, like, if I had sent Kelly a document or... Or like if I had even created it. And this was at like 7.30 this morning. I think I sent you like 10, like 10 texts in a row trying to figure this out of like, oh, I found it. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. Okay, I made another one. Wait, I think like it's here. And then right after I like sent you all those texts, I was like, Lisa, it is 7.30 in the morning on a Sunday. You don't know if Kelly is a phone on silent girly or a like vibrate or a ringtone girly. And I'm a phone on silent <laughs> face down in another room girly. Thanks God. Thank God. Because like I was just like, I felt immediately so bad. I was like, shit, did I just like ruin Kelly's relaxing Sunday? Cause now I'm making her get up and work. We even had a full little talk where I was like, I'm so sorry for starting your day like that. Okay, but here's here's my thing. Yeah. It's not up to you to figure out when yeah. to message other people. Mm. It's up to like me personally to set up my phone so that I don't yeah. get notifications when I don't want to. Because you can put things mm. on vibrate. You can put that all the way to silent. You can set do not disturb yeah. at specific hours. That's true. That might be the people pleaser in me. But I also think like friendships are 50-50 or mm. ideally they're at 50-50. Sometimes somebody needs a little more because they're going through something that's fine. But I was just like, ooh, I probably should have like checked in before I sent you literally like 20 texts <laughs> the first no. thing in the morning on a Sunday and like obviously now I know like oh she's a phone on silent in the other room girly I can just send her all the shit and she'll get to it when she gets to it which yeah. that's how I am too yeah but I look at my phone when I can focus on it yes yes where and I'm a I'm occasionally on my phone all day, but it's on silent. And if you're talk, trying to talk to me after 8 o'clock at night, good luck. <laughs> like, no. It's not happening. Where do we want to draw the line here? I think it's just you don't have to throw all of you into a friendship to yeah. be a good friend. So just that yeah. reminder that whether it's a new friend or old friend, mm. like it's important to have those boundaries from the beginning. And even if you are trying to like nurture a new friendship mm-hmm. um, and getting things set up, sometimes setting boundaries early on or being like, hey, like the thing you invited to me sounds really cool, but honestly, it's just been a tough week. Yeah. Like, why don't we do coffee instead? So mm-hmm. like a good way to like, easily set boundaries and make those adult friendships is to like offer alternatives Mm -hmm. because sometimes if someone if I've invited someone to something they're like oh yeah like no thank you like that's 
that's great and they're very allowed to do that but I'm probably going to be less likely to invite them again Mm. whereas if someone can give me that feedback and be like oh like I do better in like one-on-one or Mm. small settings or Mm -hmm. like quieter environments Mm -hmm. and then I'll be like okay next time I'll invite them to like this type of activity instead yeah and I think you can also tell when you're being like really deliberate and intentional with like want trying to be somebody's friend and like inviting them out and like they say no or whatever I think you can tell right away if somebody's like brushing you off because they legitimately aren't interested versus somebody being like shit like I really I would love to but I have to do this thing tonight like rain check and like one thing I always do is when I've met somebody who I'm interested in becoming friends with I always say to them like hey like I'm really like I'm having a hard time making friends like it's really hard to make friends as an adult or and if I have to say no to something I say please invite me again because I do want to go like I make I just like cards on the table it, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one of the best way to do way to do it. It's incredibly vulnerable yeah. to do that. But if you want to make those authentic connections, you have to put yourself in a vulnerable headspace. You have to get out and do things on your own. You have to get over the fear of making small talk in places where it's appropriate to do so. And if you are scared of making small talk, there are a lot of card games out there. Yes. That have, like, uh, which is the one I have? Notes to strain? No, not notes to strangers. Um, we're we're not, not strangers. We're not really strangers. You're not really strangers. That's that one's one. great because you can just like have a couple cards in your pocket, and then mm-hmm. when the other person like goes to the bathroom, or you can mm-hmm. like pretend to look in your purse for something, and then be like, "Ooh, that's a good one." I have this, and there's levels of it too. So yeah. you can pick the level of depth that you think like would work well with that person. Yeah, and even if like the idea of going out and making like 20 new friends immediately is really intimidating to you like you just have to remember all you need to do is find one friendship facilitator one person who will invite you to a big group setting yeah you know like find your person find your people and you're gonna get the rest done from there Ooh, should we give should we give the bab listeners a challenge? Ooh, yeah. Let's Next do it. time you're standing in a lineup, and mm-hmm. like not like an hours long lineup, obviously, <laughs> but next time you're in a short lineup, whether it's like mm-hmm. grocery store, home sense, whatever, mm-hmm. don't pull your phone out because the mm-hmm. other day my hands were full because I refused to grab a basket <laughs> in home sense because yeah. I'm like, no, if I can't carry it with my two hands, I don't need it. Yeah, and. Yeah, so my my hands were full, so I was mm-hmm. looking up. I was aware of my surroundings, and there was this dad who had bought this like little like ladybug bike for his <laughs> toddler son. Yeah, and the whole lineup of people that mm-hmm. were like present to their surroundings, everyone was like making eye contact and not talking about it, but just mm-hmm. like ooing and awing. And it was just like <laughs> a nice moment of human connection. Yes. Whereas there were a couple of people who were just scrolling their phones and completely missed the moment. I think. Honestly, that's a great tip is make small talk. Like don't don't like look at your phone immediately, especially if it's a place that you go regularly. Like mm-hmm. one of our like best friends in our neighborhood is the cashier at our local little mom and pop grocery store. And the only reason we're such good friends with her is I went there to like quickie grab like dog and cat food one day. And as I was checking out, she said to me, she's like, oh, dog food and cat food. And I was like, yeah, I have a dog and two cats. And she's like, I have two cats and I've been trying to decide if I should get a dog. And we ended up having like a full chat about like having two different species in your house. And now every time like we deliberately go there to get dog and cat food now at about the time when she's working so we can chat with her and like 
this was a year ago. Her name is Nancy. She's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, uh, yeah. So where we draw the line. Mm-hmm. Put your phones down. <laughs> yeah, put your fucking phone away. Live your life. If, yeah. you, if you aren't careful, you're going to lose your life and some pretty cool people to a screen. So look up every once in a while. Yeah. Stop yeah. and smell the roses. Yeah. All right. Okay. See you next week. Let's draw the line there. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening. <laughs>